Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the NFL Scotland podcast. We're back after our first trip to New Orleans and what a week we had. My name is Cameron Hobbs. In this episode, you'll hear some of the recordings we took while we were away, including our thoughts on Thursday's Seattle win. We talk basketball and our thoughts from before, halftime and full-time at the Superdome. We also grabbed a chance to discuss the rest of week 11 and give out our regular Scottish awards while we're at Heathrow. We're a little bit jet-lagged, that's our excuse anyway, but let's kick things off with our take from Thursday night. This is NFL Scotland Podcast Extra. We're currently sitting in Walk-Ons, which is in New Orleans, which is part owned by Drew Brees. We're currently sitting surrounded by, well, beer for first thing, and, <laughs> and plenty of televisions. Cameron, we're watching Thursday Night Football. That's brilliant. This is a great pub. Plenty of taps behind the bar. There's as many taps behind the bar as there are screens on the wall. And no matter where I look... It's Thursday night football in every direction. A really good atmosphere in here as well. There's a bunch of Packers fans, there's a couple of Seahawks fans, and there's a whole lot of people in watching the football. So, great food, great beer, and it's been an entertaining game so far as well. Yeah, as a, as a sports bar, it's fairly subtle. There's half a dozen pictures of Saints front pages from the Times Picayune of the Saints doing good things. There's you know some helmets around the place, but it's not a draped sports bar. It's brick, it's wood. It's lovely, it's a great place to come and watch some football. Absolutely, it's been brilliant so far and um, we'll do another report at full time. Currently, the Packers ahead 21-17, a very open first half, been slightly more cagey in the second. It's been a great game, the Packers started out brilliantly, defences on top, both quarterbacks get sacked, which is quite interesting. So, very tight, very tested, four points in it, 4.40 to play in the third, we'll be back at full time. Green Bay have lost to Seattle, Seahawks 27, Packers 24. Cameron, it was one heck of a game. Oh, it was a great game. Um, end to end, the the Packers had the lead at halftime, didn't score enough points in the second half. The Seahawks, and we've been chatting about this throughout, the Seahawks rode their luck. They got away with no calls. They got away with catches that weren't catches. So often it happens in Seattle. I'm going to sound like a ranty, bitter 49er, and I don't care. Pete Carroll celebrates, uh, so does Russell Wilson. The Seahawks go to 5-5, five and five, and they did what they needed to do. And at the end of the day, on offence, Aaron Rodgers didn't do what he needed to do in the second half. I didn't think the protection was there in the second half for him. I thought that was kind of poor by them. Some great throws in the first half, couldn't move the ball in the second and unfortunately, from a Green Bay point of view, they're in real trouble now. Good for Seattle, still alive for a wild card. Well, I think Seattle, because they've still got to play the Cardinals and the, the Niners twice, I think that they've got the easier schedule by an absolute country mile. They should now go on and progress and probably get enough victories to get that wild card place. They benefit from the fact that the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears are in a very tightly contested NFC North they benefit from the fact that the Falcons have fought back but look to be dropping away in the NFC South it's really now theirs to lose yeah it's pretty interesting stuff but one thing from tonight clock management if Green Bay had two timeouts remaining they probably would have challenged the call on the field which we actually thought was not a catch the movement on the ground they chose not to because they only had one timeout left might be having a wee word with the backroom team as well because that looked like the kind of call 
it should have been overturned, but it's done and dusted in New Orleans for Thursday Night Football. We'll give you some more updates throughout the week as we continue the NFL Scotland podcast trip to New Orleans. So for the first time ever, we're going to talk about sport that isn't American football here on the NFL Scotland podcast. Paul, at halftime at the Smoothie King Centre, it is the Pelicans 54, the New York Knicks 64. Yeah, the Pelicans have only shot 39% from the field goal and they've been pretty poor. It has to be said, they've rattled the room on numerous occasions. There's been quite a few breakdowns in communication. On the plus side, they're still in in touch and Anthony Davis is an absolute joy to watch. He wears 23 on his shirt and he scored 23 points tonight as it counts. You know, he's done really, really well. Um, But he's probably about the only one. There's been a lot of missed shots, like you touched on. The the free uh, the free, the two point attempt sorry is thirty nine percent the three point attempts is nineteen percent there's yeah. been an awful lot of balls hitting the rim well if you take that the Knicks are shooting forty nine percent and twenty nine percent effectively that shows you the difference in the game at the moment I mean the Pelicans have rattled the rim on so many occasions it's been incredible but we're in the smoothie centre in New Orleans there's a lot of energy it's not full. But it's a great show that they put on. There's so many people involved, and it keeps everybody, you know, when the time out, it keeps everybody in tune with what's happening. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be back at full time. Everyone's still in this one. Let's see if the Pelicans can come back and get a win. There's 34 seconds on the clock. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Pelicans are currently winning 127 to 121. Holiday's just hit one to give them. A six-point lead. The game looks to be over. The Pelicans are going to win this. It's been incredible. They were so poor in the first half, but even in the third period, they weren't great. But this final period, they've been absolutely terrific. The shooting percentage is up to 39% in the first half to 48% in the game. And they are going to see this out. And what an atmosphere inside this uh, smoothie center. Ah, totally changed. It was quite quiet as the Pelicans were never in this. But you know what, they fought back. A couple of things just went in their favor. Andy Davis though, 43 points so far. He came in as one of the reputation, one of the best players in the league. And I think that's what we've seen tonight. He's controlled things, he's steadied things. He's got the key shots when matters. Although he missed a free throw towards the end, which was got rebounded in for two, which actually worked for the Pelicans. But heck of a night. Welcome to the Superdome in Louisiana. The NFL Scotland podcast has reached the promised land and we're about to watch the New Orleans Saints take on the Philadelphia Eagles and Cameron. When you come into this stadium, up through all the various ramps and you come in to see it for the first time, wow. It's absolutely massive. You know, we were at Death Valley last night. It was impressive. This is impressive in a different way. It's absolutely massive. Very well put together. A great atmosphere here as well. There's a lot of Eagles fans. But most importantly for you, Paul, this is a dream come true. Yeah, I've always wanted to be here. It's uh, yeah, it's almost at times words are failing me. The place looks amazing. The people have been friendly. Uh, we've just come from a bar where we've watched early football, just meeting so many Saints fans, Eagles fans, a couple of Lions fans, bizarrely yeah. as well. So it's been absolutely terrific, the build-up. Interestingly, a lot of the Eagles fans we've spoken to don't really hold out much hope for today, but I think that might be false modesty. <laughs> So half time here at the Superdome, 24-7 in favour of the Saints, Paul. 
a decent first half. Well, they've been very impressive. They've been getting the passes out wide. Tricon Smith, Michael Thomas, both involved, but they've also been using Austin Carr particularly well. So it's worked out pretty well. I think the tone was set early with the interception uh, by the Saints D, and Carson Wentz is really struggling. And actually being in the stadium, Cameron, you can understand the home field advantage because at least two or three times the Eagles have been put off by the sheer noise this generated. So from a Saints fan's perspective, very satisfying opening half. So I took a sample of the sound that this stadium made early in the first half. I'm going to play that for you right now so that you can get a sample of it. But before we go now, and we'll come back at full time, but Paul, you told me that the Saints didn't have a punter. Well, I think it's in his contract. He's got to appear once every three or four games. <laughs> so we brought him out just to make him feel at home once more. But the Eagles are struggling to get the Saints off the field at the moment. They've looked very poor on the second round. But the Saints are getting the pressure up front, which is making the Saints second round look better than it probably is. Full time at the Mercedes Superdome. The Saints go nine and one. Wow, what a what an afternoon! Forty-eight points to seven. The Saints win. Six touchdowns, two field goals. Drew Brees throwing for four touchdowns, two running touchdowns in there as well. Mark Ingram had a big afternoon. The Eagles simply Cameron couldn't move the ball on third down. The Saints denied them time after time after time. That was the big difference. The Saints D came to play, and the Saints offense well. The only surprise was he didn't hit 50 points. Well, we did think that they would, and to be honest, we saw Teddy Bridgewater at the end there as they obviously took the foot off the gas. But you're right, the defence was the big player today in this game. Obviously, the offence did what they needed to do, but a couple of big fourth down turnovers. Um, the defence showed up, they did what they had to do. Some more injuries for the Eagles as well. A tough afternoon for them. You have to feel for the Eagles and we spent a long part of the final quarter commiserating with the Eagles fans as they left. You can probably tell I'm quite hoarse from my first trip to the Superdome because there was yelling on the seats a lot to celebrate but that's an Eagles team that now has a lot of questions about it from the point of view it's that slump after the Super Bowl. It's the Saints team on the rise and the defence Good coordination work, I thought they schemed them very well, gave Carson Wentz a horrible afternoon all afternoon. Well, I was just going to say, if you're a horse, then Carson Wentz is a donkey, because he had a howling afternoon. Very difficult, but I mean, the Saints line were getting through, the linebackers played well, and really was under pressure, and he, he made throws that he, he really shouldn't have tried, and if they'd been a closer game, he wouldn't have tried. Uh, the running game disappeared because they had to go through the air, and they simply didn't have it today. So Paul, we're back at Heathrow, a little bit jet lagged, but what a great trip. That was an incredible trip. First time to New Orleans, we saw the Pelicans play basketball, uh, we saw LSU play at Death Valley, and we saw the Saints play at the Superdome. All three brilliant sporting events. And the Superdome, I was worried Cameron, you know, I've been a Saints fan for years, chance to go see the Saints at home, wonder what it would be like. You hope they wouldn't let you down, and I'll tell you what, it certainly didn't. It was a great experience, and if there's any Saints fans out there listening, highly recommend it. Any non-Saints fans, the Superdome with your team's playing, go and see it. We had a lot of great interaction with Eagles fans, a lot of great chat, 
it was a terrific experience. Much like Wembley, there was fans from all teams, but clearly this was a home game, and I think that slightly different to the Wembley experience, going to a game in the States, you really get the atmosphere. Now, I've been to MetLife, I've been to Soldier Field, and now I've been to the Superdome. And for me, the Superdome atmosphere wins hands down. Um, you know, the three games that we went to were very different when it comes to crowds. You had the Pelicans game, where the Pelicans were really out of it for most of it until the last two minutes, and then the crowd woke up. LSU, massive crowd, really up right at the beginning, but it was very clearly very early. This was going to be a blowout, and Rice weren't going to offer much at all onto the Superdome and actually the Saints fans kept it going pretty much all the way through in spite of the fact that it was a blowout the Saints fans were reveling in it you know I said to you at one point a slightly different experience for me compared to the other American games is when they were playing music in the, in the stadium you looked around and everybody was up dancing it was party time it was very much party time and that's you know who that's going to beat the Saints yeah. there's a lot of Eagles fans where we were I thought the difference in the games of the, the football games we saw was at no point did you think Rice could come back I mean one, once LSU were ahead that was it but there was always that thing with Carson Wentz that he could get a comeback going so you're always that little bit wary and I think that was the difference the Saints did that to a top class team um, So what about the rest of the experience what was your thoughts on New Orleans as a city? Very walkable yep. very likeable um, so many different cultures um, and if you want people talk about Bourbon Street which has to be seen and walked to be believed but you go one street up and you've got fine art galleries yes. fine <laughs> restaurants um, some lovely churches it's quite incredible that Bourbon Street is just that one street where everything just seems slightly crazy slightly <laughs> um, crazy <laughs> uh, we, we went a couple of times yep. at different times of the day um, just to see what it was like. I mean, I, I walked it yesterday at five o'clock at night, yeah. and people were already beyond uh, the alcohol limit in several cases. No, it, it was utterly brilliant, but there was a great classy side to New Orleans as well. Uh, lots of history, lots of interest, but a very easy walking city. Yeah. Very easy laid back as well. It's something that we picked up on a lot of. This is a place that if you're in a queue, don't expect to be served quickly they are chilled to the max I've never seen I mean every single queue we were in every bar you know the people behind the bar just they're not worried they're serving one person at a time bit of chat how you doing ten people behind you they'll get their beer in plenty of time very unusual very odd and different to the rest of the states and the experiences I've had there but in its own way kind of nice it wasn't stressful no one was angry there was none of that nonsense even you know the Eagles fans were in good fettle um, all around us, you know, the Saints fans were high-fiving, but, you know, the two, the guy in front of us was giving fist pumps to the Eagles fans to the side of us, just, you know, a bit of respect, they get it, they get it. Um, oh, an absolutely fantastic experience. Just a shout-out to the hotel who managed to book us in for the 17th of August rather than the 17th of November. Yeah. And when we arrived back from Baton Rouge at 11 o'clock at night, having watched LSU, that was a little bit exciting. But, um, <laughs> yeah. It worked in the end. We got a much better hotel. We got a nice little upgrade yeah. to a hotel. Absolutely. So can't complain. But look, for that sort of 20 minutes, it was slightly uncomfortable. And one of the places we kept being drawn to is a, a chain called Walk-Ons, which is part owned by Drew Brees as well. And what a great venue it was. There was TVs everywhere, brilliant atmosphere, really good food as well. 
it was hard to get into on the Sunday. We, were, yeah. we went a couple of times. You know, the Thursday was just tremendous uh, to watch Thursday night football. We went to watch the start of the Sunday games. We got in because we just wanted to go to the bar and not a table. We were speaking to Giants fans, Lions fans. Uh, I got poked in the back by an Eagles fan who was also wearing 43 Darren Sproles. I had my Sage Sproles jersey on. And from that simple prod, whole conversation started and we got involved with so many different people. Now, I'm not the most outgoing guy in the world, but it was just so easy. And so then, easy yeah. then you're watching six you know, different games on different TVs and something catches your eye and you mention it and you talk. And yeah, that walk-on before the game was... And we also maybe appeared in the background on Yahoo's Fantasy Live as well. Tank Williams, former Titan, was in the pub filming for Fantasy Live. So that was brilliant as well. Had a quick catch up with him. So, yeah, great atmosphere. But what about the game itself? The Saints were impressive. Oh, the Saints were terrific. I mean, they came to play. You expected them to come out quick. They did so. They put the, the Eagles on their heels fairly quickly in that first quarter. When the first drive went for only a field goal, there was a slightly concerned, yes, uh, but it was clear that I, the Saints' offence did what I expected the Saints' offence to do. I wanted to see Drew Brees pass some touchdowns. I wanted to see touchdowns for Thomas Ingram and Kamara, tick, tick, tick. Austin Carr got his first one. But it was the defence. Uh, P.J. Williams, Lattimore all really stepped up. And that's what surprised me, the, the pressure on Carson Wentz was immense off the line. And it was just a day that you had offence and defence in tandem, in harmony, and apparently the Saints do have a punter. Thomas Morsley <laughs> even made a cameo appearance occasionally, which was quite nice. We saw someone say it was something like 95 um, minutes of football had passed between punts for the for the Saints. You know, it, it, you don't often see him. He was there briefly. It was a cameo, um, but you know, just it says everything about the offense. But I think you're right. We knew they would be impressive on offense. I was perhaps more surprised at how good they looked on defence. There was a couple of really big interceptions that where we were sitting, we could see it play out brilliantly. And you knew what was coming both times. Yeah. There was the one, um, and it was quite early on, and it went went long and went full length of the pitch. Fence really went for it. You could see it a mile away. A lot more was across. Yeah. You just knew Absolutely. he was going to get it. I don't think there's a bad seat in that Superdome no. from, from where we are. And we, and we were up on the, the top level, quite near the front of the top level. Yeah. But it was it was yeah. brilliant. There was a slight obscured view for the bottom of the end zone that we were looking down on, but it didn't come into. It wasn't a factor at all. Michael Thomas ran in right down at the bottom where we were, but we were able to see it from where we were sitting. So great seats, and the noise in that stadium was absolutely unreal. My ears were ringing at points, without doubt. And they've got one of these. And people who have seen these in other stadiums where you've got the noise meters, and I often think, no, that's a bit controlled. Somebody's yeah. pressing buttons to make you go louder. If that was a genuine meter, and it looked like it because in the fourth quarter when they asked to get loud, some of the crowd had gone home, it wasn't yep. loud, people trying to avoid the traffic, and rather than getting up to 100, 304, it was getting up to 91, 92. That suggests it was real. Yep. Uh, it, it was special, but the ears were ringing with noise. So we've got a couple of minutes before we have to get onto our next plane as we finally make it back to Edinburgh, but what else tickled your fancy from week 11? What were your highlights? from a personal point of view seeing the other teams in yeah. the NFC South lose and Carolina that's a bad loss but yeah. give the credit to the Lions for the win more trouble in Tampa Bay you know you know Fitzmagic has to get pulled again Jameis Winston comes back and keeps it close once more 
a good win for the Giants and then Barkley was, was quite amazing and you know you look at it and Falcons lost to Dallas and what was actually quite an intriguing game yeah. it's one of these games if you're more a purist and you like your defence and you like things nice and tight that was a pretty good game as well looking across I'm hellishly disappointed with the Tennessee Titans yeah. I and mean, the Colts are a good team I like the Colts I think they're well coached I think Andrew Luck is back but to beat New England at home and then to so tamely go down to the Colts I think was pretty poor so that, that was probably one of the biggest disappointments of the week for me and the other thing interesting from a television point of view is when Alex Smith broke his leg the replay came fairly quickly and I'm not convinced it should have been shown again just yeah. simply because of the horrific nature of the injury and sometimes I feel the television has to be careful in what they show again and I know I mean, often you just call for the replay to be run in. I can understand that that was done, but it then wasn't shown again, which I think was the right thing to do. Uh, really feel for Alex Smith. Um, but on the, the other side of that, you knew Colt McCoy was still playing for Washington. I'll tell you what, he's got a heck of a chance now to step up and try and do something. Oh, absolutely, and he led them to uh, not far away from getting a win as well. Um, they've obviously brought in Mark Sanchez, and we tweeted about that, that, you know, thank you the Redskins just from the banter point of view purely because it means we can talk about the butt fumble again because this is a rind anniversary of that great play funnily enough that was in a divisional matchup on Thanksgiving he's in a divisional matchup this week on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving. if he makes the field maybe we'll see something similar there's one to look forward to well interestingly just on that Joe Tyson broke his leg 30 years I think to the day um, so that that was quite spooky yeah um but Colt McCoy now has to come in and do something. Jameis Winston, talking about him, has been confirmed as the starter uh, against the 49ers. That's a franchise. If I'm a Bucks fan, you're just going from one to the other. It's one just to a the shambles. Other. And you know, Dirk Cotter will go at the end of the season. I don't think yeah. there's, there's much doubt about that. Um, I don't know what the Raiders were up to, suddenly deciding to, to win a game. They're a strange team at the moment. You think they're tanking and all of a sudden... They come and win, and I think a shout out too to the Broncos as well. Yep, um, a surprise result there. I think many people expected the Chargers to continue their good momentum, and actually, with that game against the Rams, and ultimately the Chiefs did lose, it was an opportunity for the Chargers to level things up. With those two teams still to play, there was an outside chance the Chargers could have still won that division. And given how good the Chiefs are, that's quite flabbergasting. That that was a bad loss for them. I think we should also cycle back to the Panthers-Lions. And again, another decision of a coach on the road to go for the two-point conversion to win the game. Yep. Now, personally, and we've spoken about this, I always go for the kick. Yep. And you tie it up and you take your chance in overtime. I do understand that if you're on the road, conventional wisdom says have a go. Don't do it if you're the home team. But I'm just thinking there's a lot at stake for the Panthers. Yeah. And I, I thought it was a mistake. As soon as we saw it, I thought it was a mistake. Yeah. So we move then on to the game that we got to see after the Saints game, and that was the Bears-Vikings. And the Bears look to be the real deal. First things first, orange jerseys for the Bears. <laughs> no, you look like the Broncos. So that's confusing. Don't like that. But the Bears do look like the real deal. Trubisky played well. It just goes to show how good Mac is. Yeah. Now, again, and, and people wonder, why did the Raiders let them go? I mean, yes, they've harvested, harvested draft picks. They want to be good when they make that move to Vegas. They want to be good right out the blocks. And I think that's the principal reason for doing it. But it's transformed the Bears. It's transformed that division. 
which again just looks interesting because there's good teams all round and I think that's kind of fascinating Yeah, I think Khalil Max allowed some of those other defenders in Chicago as well the chance to shine because teams need to watch Mac and he's shown that time and time again and it gives some of these other guys that opportunity to step up and just show that they're capable of adding and contributing and they're doing that so they're not just doing pretty well on offence Trubisky looks like a different player to last season the Bears obviously saw something in him they, they stepped up to get him um, they stepped up big to get him let's be honest absolutely um, last season you know he looked like a player who hadn't played much and he hadn't played much in college but now with a bit of experience under his belt he looks like he's in control of that team you know it looks polished it looks clever he's running um, he's, he's making opportunities and the defence are doing their side of the bargain as well so they're getting plenty off the ball I thought that was a really important win against the Vikings okay it was at home but that's given them a real opportunity especially with the Packers and Vikings coming up head to head shortly um, you know one of them's going to fall away back further again giving the Bears that opportunity to continue to keep going and make big steps forward in securing that division the other thing is it shows that the whole NFL system of trying to encourage parity everybody having their turn the draft system while teams have got to get it right for the players actually it's a crapshoot if you're Sam Darnold you know, that's difficult. You've gone to a hard team. Josh Rosen, you've gone to a hard team. Whereas, you know, Patrick Mahomes went to a good team. And this is his first full season. He did. He was there last year and didn't play. But it just goes to show the difference if you've got that good line, yeah. if you've got the players. Trubitsky endured a wee bit of a dodgy season last season, so he's come through, you know, the growing pains of that. But it is that crapshoot yeah. of... I think well, Trubitsky would have struggled again this year to a certain extent if they hadn't got in Mac yeah and even people like Alan Robinson yeah. and actually Trubisky had nobody to throw to last year and you could see the dependency on the running back you know Howard had a huge season this season if you're a fantasy player you'll know Howard's not having anything like the season he's been having and they're using Cohen a lot um, so it's a very different offence they went and got the pieces and they really have invested in the pieces so you know well done to the Bears they've really done something well you talked about Mahomes though what about that Monday night game well, for, let, let's get the elephant yep. in the room out of the way. First of all, how many fantasy players went to bed thinking, well, I've only got a guy from Kansas <laughs> um, to play against, um, and suddenly woke up and think, I lost. You know, if, you know just, it was a sensational game. Let's, let's be honest. We saw some of it in America. We watched the rest of it here yep. in London. And just watching it being slung back and forward. But... I think, and it might get lost, is the part the defence is played. It wasn't, I mean, it looks like there was no defence on that field with 104 points, 105 points scored, but there was because the turnovers were key, uh, the touchdown, you know, the pick sixes were key, so there was a lot more defence than than the scoreline would actually suggest. We watched most of the first quarter in New Orleans. I have to say, not a fan of Monday Night Football's coverage. I don't like their graphics, I don't like the the way they cover the game the intro's fine and all the build-ups okay I don't like the in-game stuff particularly and I think they're in trouble with yeah. that they would have got a boost last night it'd be very interesting to see the TV figures yeah. coming out we obviously could only hear Jason Witten for a short time Tissotone is okay he's a, he's a decent enough commentator but it's all about that chemistry between the three Booger McFarlane and the Boogie Mobile whatever yeah, yeah. you call it <laughs> not for me but that might give them the boost because 
and you'll know this as a broadcaster, it's dead easy to do a good game. It's yeah. so yeah. easy to do a good game. It's so difficult to do a bad game. So when it's been a great game, you see this in Britain, and I've witnessed it professionally. You know, you've just come off a 4-3, somebody says, wasn't so-and-so brilliant on the radio today? No, the game was brilliant. A bad commentator can do a really good game. Yeah. It's the other way around. If you're having an absolute shocker of a match, how do you keep people yeah. interested? How do you bring the excitement and whatever drama might be there? So be interesting to see how yeah. they receive that. And it certainly was the game last night. And like you say, you know, an opportunity for them to... Because there has been focus on this Monday night team. There's been a lot of criticism. And actually, perhaps some of the games being a bit disappointing has put more of a lens on that as well. They've been given a bit of a week off because of the game, and people will just talk about the game. Lots of hype about it being a Super Bowl preview. There's a chance. I think there's a couple of other teams have certainly got their name in the hat as being contenders to also be in that mix in that conversation. Um, but oh, it's just an unreal game. Just absolutely unreal. It really was. It lived up to all the hype. It had everything. It had pick sixes. It had fumble recoveries. It had massive, almost full length. Um, touchdowns. Mahomes had a brilliant game but also had probably his most mistakes filled game. I, I think you've got to go for it. I mean he's a young guy in his first year. He's kept him in that game. I mean we've read some of the stuff there's a wee bit of criticism about it he had to sling it at the end and the chances are you are going to be intercepted. I mean there was so much hype about it I was a bit annoyed by Fox NFL Sunday. That was really the first thing they focused yeah, on. Yeah it was. And I'm sorry that's the Monday game. Focus on the games yeah. you're about to see. So I was slightly irked by that, but the game lived up to all expectation yeah. with all the problems there's been in in Los Angeles, etc. But I think you saw that Goff and Mahomes, that could be a great rivalry yeah. for years to come because when they next meet, and they will at some point, you're going to get all the flashbacks. So I think the, the league's in good hands. As I say, the scoreline looks high, but defence has played a part as well. So quickly then, before we go, we always do a rewards. Well, we have a quick go at this then. So first of all, most Scottish-like performance for you this week? Most Scottish-like performance for me, well, the Tennessee Titans. Yep. You cannot beat New England at home and then go and surrender yeah. to the Colts. I think that, that that's just unbelievable. Um, my runner-up would have been Sean Payton for going for it in fourth and six just to noise somebody up and he got that response I think Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins Jenkins yeah. that came out and gave Sean Payton the finger <laughs> and I know because Philly radio hosts have talked about this as well how dare you go for it on fourth and six if you don't want a team to score on you you stop them Absolutely. there's nothing written down to say that you can be 30 points up and you can't go for it on fourth and six that was sticking it to them and I don't care what team it is. If that had been done to the Saints, I would have no complaint. Because, we, you know, we'd flown 4,500 miles yep. to see that game. Absolutely. I wasn't watching the Saints take an E. They wanted to go for it fourth and six because they could. They could have fun. Go for it. And I don't care what team it was. And folks said, oh, you don't mean that. You know, what if that was against the Saints? Hey, go for yeah. it. That's the game. You don't want that to happen to you. You stop it. Absolutely. You only play 16 regular season games. Yeah. This is the opportunity to do what you can do. Try things out. Do different things, different plays. See what works, see what doesn't. And they'll be able to develop from that further plays into their playbook that might well come into a big factor later in the season. So I totally agree with you. I think that you've got to keep pushing. 
there's nothing worse when you start to see teams just ease off even in the third quarter and you're yeah. like and that's when people leave the stadiums yeah but the atmosphere was great it kept going and that only helped add to the whole occasion I thought it was absolutely superb my contender for most Scottish like performance is the Raiders the reason for that is the Raiders are tanking the Raiders have given up the Raiders are going for the number one pick hang on the Raiders have just beaten the Cardinals where did that come from <laughs> and I think that there's something you know when you're just anticipating right this is just a disaster let's just write it off oh we managed to get a win where did that come from you know Scotland might do something very similar in the Nations, Nations League, League. Yeah, you, never, you know never we're recording know. this on Tuesday so um, still to happen um, so I think for me they're definitely one of the contenders for that one honking award thing. and see for me the Tennessee Titans get my honking award I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. I, th- I think that that was disappointing. I mean, yeah. seriously disappointing. Um, and we, you know, we could see the game and we watched it. I don't know whether they were badly prepared. I don't know whether they just didn't execute properly. But there was a lack of spark, a lack of something. And if I'm Marcus Mariota, I'm having a look at myself for my part in that. But I'd also be, you know, speaking to the key guys on the team and just say. That is unacceptable. You yeah. cannot go. In. I don't. Don't mind them going into Indianapolis and losing. Yeah. But it's the manner of the defeat that, that seriously troubled me. The only other honking award potential for me. I mean, you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick could be in that conversation. Carson Wentz could be in that conversation. I, I think he was hassled and harried he against was, but it was... he didn't have his best day no I, I don't know if I'd, I'd have him down as honking he didn't have his best day yeah and I mean the, I give the Eagles defence a pass because of the injuries but he's got his full offence back I'm they're also, all there he's also got Golden Tate in, and they didn't get anything going they didn't and, and, and he got me 0.9 points on fantasy ah so there's an agenda there is an agenda <laughs> it's honking Ron Rivera <laughs> Ron Rivera could get a honking award yep. as well. Yep, I think uh, that's a fair one. You know, I think in those, because you're in touch, I think, and the Saints are yet to play at that point, you go and get the win in Detroit, you go and tie it up there. Yeah, it looks great if it works, but percentage-wise, it's not. And you could argue Cam Newton threw the ball way past the receiver. The receiver was open, so we could be calling it a genius play. It's all about the percentage, it's all about how you play it, but Riverboat wrong something there. Yeah. Right. Who's had their porridge this week? Well, it's going to be Samson uh, Ibukum. Now, I think that's how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I was looking at that. <laughs> Being in mind, I'm slightly jet lagged. Uh, I mean, not one pick six, <laughs> but two yeah. in a nationally televised Monday night game. I mean, that is porridge. And the second one was a beautiful little move with yeah. a left arm to keep holding that ball. Because in the first one, I mean about six or seven different players tried to dive on the ball yeah. and couldn't keep it I'd, I'd be doing I don't know it'd be interesting to ask a coach I, for my lineman I'd be rolling the ball on the carpet and say dive on it and kill it yeah. because some of them look like they've never done it before yeah. and it comes off their elbow their forearm their hand and you're thinking I know it's an odd shape but you've got to get in there and kill that so that that, that is slightly strange for me you've got to nail that down but I don't think you know two pick sixes on a Monday night game and a game that the other team scores over 50 points and your team wins? Yeah, no contest. No, I totally agree. The only other notable for me, and I mean, you can mention Tyreek Hill, there's some great wide receiver performances, but from a rookie, Jaquan Smith, and obviously we saw him live, but 10 receptions, 157 yards and a touchdown. He was brilliant. That's his breakout game. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where the Saints go on this. Des Bryant's obviously injured, Brandon Marshall has come in, He'll, he didn't suit up at the weekend, but 
Trey Smith has said, no, this is mine. You, you can give it to me, trust me with this Austin Carr. Similar thing, so it'll be interesting to see where the Saints go. The one other one that gets to mention another rookie, DJ Moore. Against Detroit, although they lost seven receptions, 157 yards, and also touched in a long of 82 as well. So he's obviously had a great game there. Come away with a defeat somehow in that. Tracon Smith obviously contributed to a massive victory. So in a way, that DJ Moore one's equally as impressive. So I think a couple of exciting rookies. And again, it's an offensive league this year. We've talked about, you know, players almost have forgotten how to tackle. And we're seeing lots of offensive high-scoring games. Um, and that's a symptom of that as well but it's still great to see these young rookies coming out building up over the season couple more receptions couple more receptions and then they have their breakout game be interesting to see what people think I actually think the tackling is getting better as the, the weeks are passing I think you're right some of the tackling in the early weeks has not been good but I think we saw one or two really good tackles this week last gas almost the old rugby tap tackle to take the heels down uh, sometimes I think I, I do wonder because it's almost like people try to pull people down it's like they're pulling them towards the first down marker it's like mate it's the other way so some of the tackling on that's a bit dodgy but there's been some good open field tackles as yeah. well well it's not long until it's week 12 we need to go and get over our jet lag so we'll go do that and look forward to the Thanksgiving games can't wait I think the Cowboys Redskins now becomes interesting because Colt McCoy should be in there and the Cowboys won so I think that now makes it an interesting it's almost a compulsory game you, you get your NFC game but yeah I'll certainly be sitting watching that one so you've heard our rewards now it's time to turn to Twitter as ever and see what you've been saying Michael McLeod was in first and early to suggest that the Titans might be getting a few nominations for the most Scottish like performance and actually do you know what they didn't do too bad in the end Next in, it was the Los Angeles Rams UK account. They said the most Scottish-like performance was the Panthers. Their honking award goes to the Eagles. And like Paul, they gave their porridge award to Samson Ibukum. McDudes asked the question, imagine if some fool fed Aaron Donald porridge. I think it's a fair point. Aaron Donald is good enough without it. Liam Oliver then says his Scottish-like performance goes to the Cowboys for hanging on to beat a team that they really should expect to beat. His honker award goes to the Eagles. The Saints didn't get out of second gear and the Eagles had nothing on offence for his fantasy team. So I'm agreeing with you there, Liam. And Porridge Award, he gives it to the Rams. They fought back but gave a lot of time to Kansas City. The defence, however, was clutch in the final few minutes. Andrew Raby suggested a future award that we could give away with the Scottish slant. The meanest defence. We're pretty mean, aren't we? Ross McGuinness then says his Scottish-like performance is the Panthers. Honkin' Award goes to the Titans. So there you go, Michael. It wasn't most Scottish-like performance. They were honking. And the Porridge Award goes to Samson Ibukum. Mountain Top Drummer. He gave his Scottish-like performance to Blake Bortles and the Jacks. Honkin' Award to Dalvin Cook and the Vikings O-line. And Porridge, the Rams O-line. Finally, the front three, he says that Ezekiel Elliott once again had his porridge. The most Scottish-like performance goes to the Panthers, and he gives his honking award to the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though they won. But anyway, that concludes everything for episode 28. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and again, we'd love to hear your feedback, good and bad. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL, and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash ScotlandNFL. Thank you to everyone that's been listening, sharing, and chatting about the pod. We continue to see the numbers grow every single week, so please do keep sharing this podcast with all of your NFL friends, 
and continue to let us know what you think. Keep those nominations coming for the weekly regular awards, and we do love some of those Scottish slanted ones. If we see a mean defence this weekend, we'll definitely be giving that one out. And we'll be here again next week as things are back to normal and we're once again in the studio to pick apart everything that happens over the Thanksgiving weekend. There's some tasty ties coming up. We hope you enjoy them as much as we're going to. But until then, bye for now. 